Welcome to the Young Creative Indian Spaces Community Podcast. As part of the South Asian Creativity Festival, we are inviting creatives of Indian and South Asian origin from all over the world to talk about their unique creative practices, experiences and philosophies. One conversation at a time, we are trying to explore the nuances of being a South Asian origin creative. The diaspora is diverse and multidimensional. originating from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Nepal, Maldives and thriving across every part of the world. Young creatives relate the nuances of South Asia, its cultures, identities, religions, problems and beauty. We hope you enjoy this podcast. So, hello everyone. My name is Kapil and I'm here with the South Asian Creativity Festival. The South Asian Creativity Festival is a unique digital space for artists and creatives of South Asian origin across the globe to come together to perform nuances associated with art, culture, society, identity, and linguistics of South Asia. Through this festival, we have been working on the Brown Book project where we have been connecting with South Asian creatives to help amplify South Asian voices via the arts. Today I have with me a very special guest and her name is Abiti. Abiti is artistic alias of Dr. Amita Mundanjira. She is the she is multifaceted as a singer, dancer, actor, model, writer, MC, TV host and radio host. You can experience a fusion of both western and south asian styles in her music and in her work. As a physician, she heals through medical treatment and as an artist she heals through primary prevention what a bio thank you for being here with me today abiti it's an honor and thank you for making me part of this festival and this platform thank you so much ah uh, not a problem so i want to start off with asking you like what exactly does creativity mean to you um and tell me more about all your creative practices so to me when i heard the word creative it means to make something new not something that's already out there so that's why i relate to it because i in my own practice in my life whatever i do i try to think outside the box so uh growing up in a conservative south asian family there was always a push towards a certain standard especially as a female too and uh I didn't realize I was getting, you know, oppressed and all all the actual desires within me were being subdued until I actually moved to Canada. And that's where I realized there's a lot of stuff in me that I want to express and that would only happen through being creative. Means stepping outside the box, stepping outside the expectations and going after what my heart says it wants. Um initially I went through the usual stream of you know you grew up in a conservative family you listen to your parents uh go with what's the norm I grew up in Doha Qatar and um it's pretty much a south asian culture there too because mostly it's immigrants that reside there uh and I went to the flow and the flow is about being good in academics and not really anything else and added a uh, issue with being a female is uh, you didn't get to interact a lot on a social circle as well 
So I just kind of went with the flow and then we moved here to Canada, went with the flow again. Um, I was really good in the sciences. So I knew going with the flow was finding something that would help me in the sciences. And uh, I had some influence from my aunt who was a doctor back in Doha, Qatar. So I decided medicine was the route to go. And again, just, you know, one track mind, tunnel vision, just focus on the academics, nothing else, uh, because nothing else was really encouraged. And I didn't think of anything of it till I actually went into uh, five years. So the first five years of my family practice as a physician, I started to get burnt out because that I was only focusing on work, home, 24-7, nothing else. And when that burnout phase came, I did hit rock bottom depressed, overeating, obese. So I did hit rock bottom before I realized I needed to do something about it. And that's when the voice within came through. Uh, I mean, it didn't come overnight. I had to think about it as a physician myself, got some help for my, you know, uh, mental health being low. And I started to first work on my physical health because I was starting to have some physical health issues. And once I started working on my physical health, the creativity from within started to bloom. And one thing led to another. The physical health improved myself. Self-esteem improved to groups that hang around people because I was no longer feeling depressed, no, no longer feeling uh, ashamed of my body. And that's when that journey started. And then it was kind of like a positive feedback loop and the creativity kept going, started with dance, went on to uh, emceeing, TV hosting, singing. And I'm here now doing a lot of different things because I find that is the creative side in me, just exploring everything that I have within me. And you could say I'm not targeting to be a perfectionist at anything. It is more about, you know, enjoying what I think will make me happy with definitely having goals, but I'm not in a hurry to imitate anybody else. Again, coming back to the word creative, trying to create my own niche. So I guess that was a very long story <laughs> for what you asked. <laughs> no, thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. There was a lot there. Um, and we'll get into all the things that you said uh, over the course of this interview. But um, you said that, you know, there are many different things that you do. Um, you dabble in many different art practices. Is there one artistic medium that you feel is your most dominant or maybe your most favorite medium? Definitely the singing. And that's where my focus uh, focuses the, these days. And that's what I'm focusing on. Uh, I would like that to be the predominant uh, facet of my artistic avatar. Um, it's Uh, I just, so that's where my focus is right now these days. So your, your, your focus is on singing. Um, and I, I've looked at like your work and I've had like, um, I've listened to some of it and I've noticed you sing in different languages, uh, more than one for sure. So how many different languages have you performed in, sang in or collaborated in? Uh, so in terms of a non-South Asian language, it's just English. But in the South Asian languages, uh, Malayalam is my mother tongue. Uh, so I do sing in Malayalam. 
Hindi definitely because I grew up learning that in school in the Indian school system. And then I do Punjabi and Tamil as well when it comes to the singing. Not I cannot speak it well, but uh, as I say, music has no language. When you sing, I could sing in Punjabi and Tamil as well. So uh, Malayalam, Hindi, Punjabi and Tamil. That's pretty awesome. Um, and do you have any sort of formal training? Yes, um, I have taken formal training in Hindustani classical music and in Western vocal training. Uh, and uh, over the years, I've gone through different gurujis for the Hindustani classical music. And for the Western vocal training, it was more recent when I realized that I wanted to have a fusion of both uh, styles in my music because I related to both. That's when I went on to Miss Paula Griffith and she's been my Western vocal coach. So, you know, when I look at your work and I see there's dances, um, you know, there's music of different languages, um, there's singing and there's rapping, um, you know, there's a lot, lot, lot that's going on. Uh, do you feel like you're following like your fans um, when you make like one certain type of music or one certain type of language, do you feel like they cross over? and they kind of check out all of your work or do you feel like you have different fans for different things that you do? That's a good question. At this point, uh, I'm actually also kind of experimenting with the different styles till I can get to a point where I'm comfortable, where I want to be. Uh, I definitely know there will be a fusion always of both the styles. In terms of where, what I want my music to do for my fans and for uh, you know the world in general is where I'm still experimenting with. So I do love feedback from my fans and I sometimes do build on that. So uh, the fans, uh, there are some that come and go based on if I do change the style a little bit, but overall I do have a very supportive, very dedicated fan base that follow me through whatever style I pick up over time. And I work with the feedback I get, maybe even with the fans who may have left when I've switched styles. So I do work with the feedback, but I'm also still trying to find my final niche as I also grew as an artist uh, with experimentation, with the training, with feedback. And uh, as an artist, I would like to have my song make an impact. So that's also something I'm working towards because as a physician, I know I'm helping people through medical intervention. I would really love to have my singing and the original music that I put out also heal in a way through primary prevention. So that's where I want to be. So uh, I, I'm very grateful for all my fans who have stayed all the way through the different uh, styles that I have been experimenting with. And I'm also very grateful for those fans who have given me feedback and maybe just said, okay, maybe now I'm not so sure about your kind of music and either way I'm very grateful for both. So you've lived in Qatar and you've lived in Toronto, Canada? Yes yeah uh, before Toronto I was in Halifax, Nova Scotia so the journey has been from Qatar to Nova Scotia to Ontario and in Ontario, Toronto. Yes. Awesome and you know when you've gone to like you know when, sorry, when you try like different, you know, different things, something new, a different language, do you ever feel intimidated? Like this is like, or do you ever feel like some sort of imposter syndrome? Like maybe this isn't really my thing. It's a language that I don't really speak, but like, I want to do it. Cause I feel like, you know, inspired by it. Like, do you ever feel anything like that? 
Absolutely, Kapil, all the time. Um, I look at myself as an artist who has gone into this a little bit later on in life. And I mean, there are not many of us out there like that who, uh, for example, in my case, I uh, physician first, and then I've started to go into my passion later on in life. So everything I've picked up, including the singing, I've always had, you know, uh, that hesitation, uh, especially when... Um, you are trying to make it on your own. Uh, again, I will, be, uh, everybody, I'm open about this. I've not gotten my family's support early on. Now they are supportive as things are progressive. So when you're trying to, you know, uh, dabble in something new and also going into a field which already has many established artists in whatever field it may be from a very early on age, like they may have started early on, they went to professional school very early on in life and you're going into such a class or such a, a performance venue. I definitely do feel anxious, but it's more like I have to do a little bit of a self-talk and also uh, rely on my uh, dedicated support base. I have, uh, you know, a few friends uh, who you who are there with every uh, performance I'm at or anything I put out. So it's self-talk and using that support system to get over that anxiety and push myself. Well, that's awesome. I like that. And I mean, the most fascinating thing about you, Viti, is that you're a physician in the daytime. So that is really fascinating that you're able to balance all of this. Um, but your day job as a doctor, how do you balance your professional life and your work as an artist? Because um, I'm sure that, you know, your, your day job does take a lot out of you and it is, can be quite a challenging thing. Well, life is full of challenges for everybody is uh, what I say now that I've learned over time. Uh, and for me, it works out if I schedule things into place. And so I'm still old fashioned. I have my, uh, you know, pen and papers uh, scheduler, not, not yet the phone scheduler yet. So as long as I, uh, you know, put everything on paper, what I'm supposed to do from when I wake up to when I go to sleep, it's doable. And I believe it's doable for everybody if you plan it. And that doesn't mean uh, you not take a break. Like you should also schedule your breaks as well. Uh, don't go, you know, uh, end on end doing things and get burnt out, which is what happened initially for me as a physician, right? I was just focused on uh, work, 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 and not really taking a break for myself. And what I mean by break for yourself is maybe even put away the things you're passionate about, put away uh, your daytime job and just do nothing. Maybe go on a vacation. Like you need to step away from what you're really passionate about instead of doing it 24 seven. And then when you come back to it refreshed, you are more creative. Again, coming back to that word, you do get more creative if you reboot, just like computers do just, we need that. So for me, what works is, uh, um, you know, put it on my planner. This is what I need to do. And also put on the planner when I need to take a break, whether it's every week or maybe every month, whatever it may be. Yes. No, that's awesome. And, you know, I, you, you, you said something that really resonated with me, like even taking a break from your passions, like for me, um, and I've, I think I've said this before, but like one of my biggest fears has been like, if I don't use it, I'll lose it. So if I don't stay on top of my passions, if I don't do it, I'm going to lose it. And like, I'm learning that it's, it's okay to kind of step away from it for a little bit. And maybe yeah, that's just what it's, you're meant to step away from it. And um, like, I, as an artist, I've done many things, 
I've done like podcasting, songwriting, public speaking. So I've kind of like tried my hand at many different things. Um, But I I think that that's really great what you said about like really just taking a break from it and scheduling your breaks. And I think as we get, as as a lot of us get older, we start to realize the importance of that. But what type of physician are you? Like what is your um, area of focus? Area focus right now, it's general practice um, so that I can uh, give time to both my physician career and my autistic career. I started off being also a low risk obstetrician, but uh, that was a different story. You needed to carry a pager 24 seven because babies come anytime. So that wouldn't be doable if I wanted to have an autistic career. So right now it's just general practice and uh, I have set shifts. So uh, I don't do on call anymore. So that works. So I know, okay, this is the time I'm working and this is the time I can focus on my autistic, uh, you know, things and even for the artistic things uh you know i if i start a project then you know like any project you put a timeline on it and then you work with that and then you just see it through to completion i mean life gets in the way sometimes uh, for example covid happened uh i i really wanted my plan pre-COVID was to have an EP out by the end of last year. So, but that didn't happen because of the COVID, but that doesn't mean, you know, you give up on your, uh, you know, project. Right. Yes, you get, you know, sidelined for a bit, but come back to it. Life happens. Right. So don't, uh, I don't beat myself over it because I know over the years, uh, life happens. You have the hills and valleys. You just, you know, then reprioritize, go back to your bucket list and reprioritize, but you still hit everything on the bucket list. As long as, it's still part of your plan. That is another thing I also tell myself, uh, which I also uh, preach, you know, your goals might change over time and that's okay. Uh, and you you only have to answer to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. When, you, when, when you set a, a goal, that's you answer to yourself and it might change over time as well. If I give you an example, um, when I burnt out as a physician, uh, and uh, I was looking of, for ways. What do I do now? Do I quit medicine? Like, what do you do? So the, I kind of went over um, options based on the medical training that I have. Uh, and I thought maybe I will go into management, like hospital management. And I did an MBA. But it was during that time I started to lose the weight. And then suddenly this whole artistic side of me opened up. So... That's when my goal changed. And then initially I was a dancer and I thought, okay, maybe I'm going to be a dancer. No, then opportunities opened up and one thing led to the other. And then now I have a clearer vision, like where I want to be. So goals can change over time too. So you just have to be vigilant about that. As long as you're true to yourself and you're doing it for you, I think the universe will have your back and tell you where you exactly want to be. Right. So that's awesome. And have you ever like gone into work and has a patient ever like recognized you from your music? Like, yo, I saw you in that music video. <laughs> yes. Now, yes. Uh, it's coming <laughs> together because uh, initially I could kind of hide behind. Uh, so my artistic name is Abiti. Uh, my uh, official name is Amita. Uh, so initially Abiti didn't have a lot of stuff on uh, media or on the internet. Right. So it was fine. But now that Abiti has a lot of stuff out there, yeah, people also Google doctors to find reviews and stuff. Yeah. So somehow it gets cross-linked. Amita equals Abiti. So yes, even uh, today I had a patient. Uh, it's like, 
I looked you up before I came in. I'm like, okay, <laughs> good, thing, <laughs> good thing we wear masks and, yeah. uh, you know, shields. So, <laughs> does that, yeah. So, does that ever get awkward? Like, or no? Sometimes it can get awkward uh, just because um, uh, it, it, you know, again, uh, this is in every profession too, you know, uh, we do have sometimes difficult patients. So that, way it can get awkward but then you just meant i just maintain uh you know the uh, code of conduct and you know stay professional about it then you know i uh, and the fact that so that's one thing i keep my professionalism that's one thing and the second thing is in my practice i do mostly episodic care so which what it means is that i don't have my own rostered patients so i take care of them for the urgent care need but they do have another, you know, MRP or, you know, most responsible physician. So it kind of gives me some relief, say, if there's an awkward situation like that, there's a difficult patient who knows my artistic background. Um, they are at the end of that visit going back to their doctor. So that's how I would put it. But the ones who are not awkward, actually, they're quite supportive. They, uh, I, I hope, I have inspired some of my other patients too, who have been in a situation similar to mine when I burned out as a physician, where they kind of feel stuck. Or some of my obese patients uh, who have seen me obese before and now see me, you know, in a fit situation. So um, in those situations, I really like to push my artistic side and showcase, you know, show them. See, I'm practicing what I'm preaching and you can do it too. And I've been proud of some of my patients who have taken, you know, similar routes as mine, not exactly, and come to terms with uh, either their mental health or their physical health. So most of the time, it's a positive thing. Sometimes it gets awkward. Got it. Um, and, you know, what's interesting is that because I've been, you know, I, I've heard a lot of physicians that have, you know, said, you know, focus on uh, like an outlet, focus on something that makes you happy focus on the arts if that's what you enjoy. But I don't feel like, I, I kind of just feel like they themselves haven't gone through that. Where you, um, it's interesting because you've gone through it. You've gone through, you know, um, you, like you said, like kind of feeling like you hit rock bottom. The arts were like that light at the end, end of the, at the end of the tunnel and what brought you to where you are. Um, and then now that, of course, you have the educational background as well, um, you know, you can obviously are able to prescribe certain things and whatnot. Then right now with mental health, of course, we all need an outlet. We all need something that makes us happy and something that, you know, allows us to wake up in the morning. Um, so I want to know, like, for those that are looking to use like the arts as an outlet and a way to channel their expressions and their thoughts, what advice do you have for them um, in, in regards to actually channeling it in a way that will, provide them with, you know, positive results for their mental health? And like, do you prescribe musical therapy? Like, is that a thing that you do? Uh, at, at present, we don't have any uh, particular facilities for that that is covered by OHEP. So, um, sorry, I'll have to take a break. I'm, <laughs> I think I'm going to coughing fit. Sorry, just give me a minute. <laughs> the doctor has got allergies, so... Just give me <laughs> all good. Oh, all good. And I know that question of mine was it's a little allergy bit season for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all good. 
Okay. Um, yes. So should I just continue from where I? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, so right now at Preston, there is no OHIP covered services for musical therapy. So those who have, um, you know, the means either through insurance or can pay out of their pocket. Yes, there are very limited musical therapy facilities that you can approach for this reason. Uh, but they're mostly for chronic conditions, like whether it be, you know, uh, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Uh, so I'm not really prescribed it per se, but it's a possibility for chronic conditions. When it comes to prescribing uh, to patients, it's about telling them to find an outlet other than what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. And yes, arts, definitely for me, that has been, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel when I, it came to the burnout. So I would sit and explore with them what their hobbies are. And it could be arts or maybe not, maybe it's sports, whatever it is, first figuring out what is that hobby that, you know, brings a smile on their face and lightens up their heart. Then it's about figuring out how to get them to practice it, whether they can do it individually on their own time, or maybe they need to join a group class. And in the case of COVID, it would be more like a virtual class, or maybe as things open up, there will be in-person classes. And that's where I would, you know, direct them to start. So if I find that they're uh, motivated enough individual to do it on their own, then, you know, giving them like a guideline how they can uh, plan their day so that they have time to pursue that hobby every day. Or if I find that maybe they're not as motivated to do it on their own, uh, helping them to find a resource close to them that they can participate in a group class and then asking them to just show up without any expectations where they're going with it uh, and see what develops over time. And again, I would share, that's exactly what I did. Like I started with dance. There was no expectations. Like at, when I first started it, it was not, it, I, I was just going there to, you know, relax, a stress buster, get into better physical health. And then it just translated into something else over time. So it's about, you know, setting aside time for whatever your hobby is, art, sports, and then making time to do it either on your own or with a group, and then just see where it takes you. And what about for the people that are desperately like looking for an outlet, but they just don't know what that outlet may be? So that's where uh, in a session, for example, uh, a person talks to me, whether as a patient or as a, you know, friend in a friend circle, is figuring out by talking to them. And only that particular person will be able to explain what that outlet is. It's about asking them, okay, what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? What makes you excited? So we might, I'll have to ask them some general questions so that I can figure out where their interest is. It may be as simple as I like fixing things around the house. So maybe, you know, taking up a class and maybe carpenting, uh, or they say, I like fashion. So I, I'll have to let them direct me so then I can help them figure out what exactly a possible hobby could be that they can pick up and then we go with that so but it'll be the person who will have to bring it out and if they're not able to actually word it just putting some general questions to them and sitting and talking with them and then helping them streamline it awesome that's, that, that, that's beautiful and do you feel like like these days 
um, you know, like the past, you know, year and a half that we've had has been difficult for all of us. Do you feel like more people really going like, like jumping into the arts? Cause I've seen a lot of people like pick up like new hobbies, new interests. Do you feel like seeing people like pick up the arts has been some like that previously perhaps weren't really involved in it. Have you seen more people get involved? Absolutely. And I think it's because uh, it's one medium that you can do on your own. Uh, and uh, you get the satisfaction at the end of whatever you have picked up as a project. Um, you know, you don't really need uh, somebody else to you know validate that for you because you kind of see the progress in yourself um, as whatever you pick up. For example, for me, singing, let's say, um, if you have picked this up during the pandemic when you first started to where you are maybe in a month or three months down the road, you see that difference in yourself and you don't need somebody else to validate that for you. So I think that and that itself, that positive feedbacks makes you feel good. And in terms of arts, uh, we also know that, you know, physically it makes us feel better because when we feel happy, the endorphins get released. It's similar to kind of doing exercise. When you see a result and you're validating on your own, you, uh, you know, you feel that positive um, feedback and as a result, it's healing too. So I know a lot of people have picked up the odds. I have, for example, a dancer friend who uh, picked up painting and you see what he started with, you know, just when the pandemic hit to now, there's a vast improvement and he's actually selling his painting now. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. And I want to ask you, uh, Abiti, um, how have your South Asian roots inspired you in your creative process in your art making? I... I definitely know the South Asian roots has helped me get to where I am. And the number one thing is in my South Asian roots is the discipline that I grew up with. I think, yes, yeah, sometimes we think, okay, it's too conservative. Uh, when you're growing up, you're expected to do certain things, but okay. It maybe uh, led to a burnout just because I didn't know, you know, where else to turn to because I just kept going with, one flow and expectations, but all those values about being conservative, you know, following certain routines is really what's helping me multitask these days. So that's that South Asian uh, culture and values that I grew up with really helps me. Um, and in my music, um, definitely there's a major influence in my dance. There's a major influence uh, that comes from the South Asian culture. And that is, I find it, so beautiful in South Asian music. the nuances of the musical forms that come together. Yeah, okay, that crashed for a second. Hello? Yeah, I think it might have been the connection. Do you hear me or? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Um, yeah. Sorry, you wanna, so can ask, I'll ask you a question again. Uh, yes, yes. It's gonna just keep recording. Um, so how, um, uh, so I'm uh, sorry, my, my question was, um, how do you feel like your South Asian roots have influenced your music and your creativity? 
they have absolutely helped me uh, growing up in a conservative south asian culture it's that discipline that really helps me to multitask so i can be a physician and an artist and continue training as an artist while i still work without that discipline in the south asian culture that i grew up with i wouldn't be able to do that that's number 1 number 2 it's the music the south asian music is so rich and beautiful because it's not really a pure form there's a blend of so many different styles uh, as you know uh, south asia has so many different regions and you know the variations the slight variations yeah. make a huge difference yeah so it's definitely has a big influence and that's why i love the fusion aspect and i would never give that up it's definitely very melodic south asian music uh very melodic very emotional <laughs> yes definitely a, a, a lot of emotion I grew up in bollywood right yeah. so. are are you a big bollywood fan i would say i'm not now i'm still a bollywood fan uh but now i it's more about the art so mm-hmm. uh i have a little bit of bollywood you know a little bit of hollywood mollywood like there's a mix of everything because now i'm learning beginning to grow as an artist especially as a vocalist and i really want to Uh, this is the part of me that still has to find the exact niche i want to create so yeah. i really am exploring like global music so yeah no no go ahead what are you going to say yeah so uh, since i'm exploring global music i have a little bit of everything and uh, i will say i'm uh, may not be as much a bollywood fan as i was when i was growing up because that was the only um industry if you want to put it that way that I was exposed yeah. to growing up but I'm I so love being in Canada because the exposure I'm getting to global music scene and I can see how I can use different uh you know different cultural music to add and embellish my kind of music uh for example the rap uh, came up only in the last couple of years uh just because I find the rap is so beneficial to put across a message you know firmly Mm. that's where i use my uh, rap and uh, this is the feedback i've got from my support group and my dedicated fans and when i did introduce the rap into my singing it was whoa okay you need to do that because yeah. uh, so that's just because of being in canada you know exposed to the different kind of music different kind of mm. cultures i'm able to blend it all into my kind of music so uh, yeah south asia is definitely always going to be there but i'm exploring different styles to see where i can create my niche and what are your thoughts of um on the future of you know south asians being represented on tv south asians being um a lot of south asian music kind of being pushed to the mainstream like you saw like tesher and jason derulo did jalebi baby and that really took off what are your thoughts on that type of stuff i'm so excited for what the future holds for south asians because uh, in the media um i mean uh south asians are creating waves in every field uh and relatively new is the mainstream uh entertainment field and yeah uh, like you mentioned tesher we have so many great artists who are making waves uh from a south asian perspective in the mainstream uh we i i look up to vidya box she's uh, making waves we have shweta swabram right from here who is part of uh jalebi baby with tesher and jason derulo uh and in, even in other fields like uh, mindy kaling like i mean in every uh, part of the entertainment industry priyanka chopra i mean you 
any part of the, any sector of the entertainment industry, you name it, we have a South Asian who has paved the way for everybody else, including myself, who kind of feared to enter mainstream because we don't know whether we would be accepted. But uh, I, I am so excited for what the future holds. And I'm so glad that I'm able to, you know, also explore uh, this time uh, when my, my kind of music is going to be accepted as well. No, that's awesome. I, I, I too am excited. Um, I personally like to watch a lot of like British television. And anytime I watch like a TV show, like a British show, there's always a South Asian character and it's never like a token character, just like a regular character. So I, I love that. And I think that North American can definitely learn a lot from the UK uh, when it comes to that type of stuff. Um, and there's, yeah, there's tons of artists like that, that I, I'm, that are South, of South Asian origin that I'm really excited about right now. They're doing some great things. Um, so yeah, it's an exciting time. And I'm, I'm also looking forward to seeing what else uh, can, uh, what else is, is, is coming for, for South Asians. Um, but you mentioned that you wanted to work, you were working on an EP and things kind of got sidelined um, due to COVID. What is like next for you? Like what project are you working? What next, what next big project can we expect from you? So definitely it's part of me completing my EP. So instead of putting it all as one big EP, I've been releasing songs one by one as you know, the COVID restrictions allowed. So, um, Right now, I'm uh, working on the last two songs of my EP. Um, the, the most recent one that I released is called I. Uh, again, coming back to my music, it's about uh, putting out a message. And my aim is to empower others to empower themselves. And I think uh, that's really what I want I want to push for. Uh, we can help everybody, and that's very important. We need to help everybody, but we need to also take that a step further, help them help themselves. And that's where my music, I really want to take my music. And with the EP, uh, it's called Bliss, and it's about each song kind of directs you to a certain way to find bliss within. I mean, uh, or out from outside. So I've already released three songs. Um, first one was Summer Trance. It's about finding bliss by looking outside. So, you know, focusing on, you know, summer vibes, everything that's beautiful outside and get inspired by that to find bliss. Second song was a, a complete uh, Hindi song called Yehe Pyar. So it's about those who believe in your soulmate, find your soulmate, you find your bliss there. Uh, the third song, which was the most recent, is called I. And it's about finding bliss within. That's who can make me happy. Only I, 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 I. Uh, so I am working with a record label in Chennai to have a remix version of that out of I so that we can have a little bit of a dance dance mix to it. And then after that, uh, that's what I'm working on right now. And beyond that, already have lined up two other songs which I've written. I'm going to um, hopefully hit the studio soon to record it and then also put it out there. So with that, I hope to complete my EP Bliss. Awesome. Uh, and I'm excited for it. It's, it's really cool. There's different languages on the same project too, right? So you're... That's awesome. There's a little bit of everything for everybody. Um, yeah, a little bit of rap as well. So. <laughs> a little bit of rap too. Okay. 
Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Do you, sorry, do you play instruments too? I see a photo with you and a guitar in the back. Yes. Uh, I use it uh, to create my music. Okay. Uh, I don't necessarily, uh, I have not yet gone out in public to perform with it. So I'm still working on that. So I use a guitar and the keyboard. Those are the two instruments I use when I create my melodies for my original music. So Awesome. And uh, Abiti, if we want to find you online, on social media, on YouTube, like what do we search? How do we find you? So definitely, uh, you can find me on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, at Abiti, and on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as The Real Abiti. <laughs> because Abiti was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, anything else you want to end off on? Like, let us know before you leave. Well, I'm very grateful for this platform. And I love uh, the whole purpose for bringing uh, everybody together on this platform. And, and I'm grateful to have collaborated. And for everybody out there who are established artists or who are just beginning to, you know, find your way as a part artist, only one word of advice, you know, believe in yourself. Awesome. Love it. Thank you, Abiti. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please tune in for next time to hear more South Asian creatives share their unique experiences. If you are a South Asian origin creative, we invite you to be part of the South Asian Creativity Festival. You can very well be part of our future podcast episodes and programming. To do so, please go to our website www.theyoungcreativeindianspace.com slash YSIS will support you. Fill out the quick form and our team will get back to you with ideas of best ways for you to be involved with us. Shukriya for tuning in.